Hi guys, it's Irene and welcome to Alo on Location episode 19. I hope everyone is doing well as we continue to ease through these days, listening and learning as Black lives still matter, being responsible and doing your part for COVID safety while practicing self-care to keep a healthy mind and spirit. On the show today, I get to catch up with the legendary musical theater performer, Shauna Lee Wood, live from her home in Stratford, Ontario. Since graduating from high school and acting and singing and dancing her way through the University of Toronto to a degree in music theory, Shauna Lee has been gracing the stages all across Canada in our country's top theater companies, including the Arts Club Theater, Mervish Productions, Shemina's Theater. Theater, the Grand, Rosebud Theater, Bayview Playhouse, and most recently, the Fire Hall Art Center, where we had the pleasure of performing together in the world premiere musical Talking Sex on Sunday. Shauna Lee will be my awesome guest today, and we are going to talk about everything from how she started her career and how she's worked consistently as an artist all her life using her music theory degree, creating original musical comedy shows with her husband, Jim, performing on cruise ships in between her theater concerts contracts, her latest passion of playwriting, some of her favorite lead roles, all while volunteering her time with Amnesty International, helping hundreds of women in their fight for human rights all over the world. As I said earlier, legendary. So stick around for my conversation with Shauna Lee. to the ILO on Location podcast. I'm your host, Irene Karras-Loper. That's ILO for short. And my podcast is all about having fun, connecting with your friends, and breaking shit down. Guys, I'm practically halfway to 100, and when I look around at my circle of friends, I see the most incredible women. They make me laugh out loud, they support me through everything, and they inspire me with their amazingness. So... Join me on my couch, grab a bottle of rosé, and let me bring you the gift of the gab to brighten your day. Cheers, honey, cheers. cheers. I yeah. see that you've started your white wine. I have. Is that a mimosa? This is a mimosa. You know, I'm gonna, so anyways, <laughs> I'm cheersing you. Cheers. Cheers, darling. Yes. And I'm so excited and glad that you could join me today because, of course, you're in Toronto, right? Uh, in Stratford. Stratford. Okay, you're in Stratford. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because when I was thinking about you and wanting to do our episode, I was like, I don't know. I'll, like, there's a lot I don't know about you, but then I know so much about you. Yeah. So I was so excited that you it's were able to join me today. Yeah, well. And of course, um, FYI, do you go by Shauna or Shauna Lee? Uh, I, I like everybody to know it's Shauna Lee. Yeah. I, I, I answer to Shauna, Shauna and my family calls me Sean, which oh. 
oh, I answer God. to as well. But uh, I like Shauna Lee because I am the only, if you spell it right, the only Shauna Lee Wood in the world. Thank you. Of it's course you are. Okay, which is why it's so fucking A-list. You're on <laughs> Ilo on location today because you are a legend. <laughs> Donnelly Wood, you are a fucking legend, and you're going to listen to this episode at the end, and you're going to go, you know what? Holy fuck, I am a le- legend in this industry as a woman. So oh you're a huge inspiration to me. I had the most amazing time working with you on Talking Sex on Sunday, our fabulous show with the fabulous Sarah Jean Hosey, writer, God, creator, and all fun. that, and those women. And I just thought, you know, I just think you have so much to share all your stories and just your career. And I just, Thank I'm you. so glad you could talk today and share some of your life with my fabulous listeners. Fabulous. <laughs> and then all 25 of them or 10 of them yeah. or even five of them. So anyways, welcome. Thank you. Relax. Enjoy. And it's so great to see you. Great. It is. It's so good to see you too. Yeah. In the background, but she's part of the show. You are in Stratford, like a great community, a theater community. It it? is. And and it's the influence of having so many artists who come here, they work at the festival, they love the city, they buy, and then they never get hired back. Right. It's the joke. <laughs> oh, oh, is it? Is that the joke? Yeah. I mean, well, I've seen it happen a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Don't fair buy enough. A house unless you really want to live here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's fun to have a home. And for, yes. for a performer like you, you know, same with my other girlfriend, Tara, and so many other women in the industry, you're so international and so transient when you, because you work yeah. all over for so many companies that it must, I think the best part is the fact that you have a home, your home yeah. base, you, you know, beautiful place to come home to. And, you know, even if you have to leave it for work, you, you still, you're a homeowner in, in Canada, which is yeah. fucking A-list. So, so, um, so how are you doing out there? Because of course we're, most of my episodes, obviously we discuss COVID. It just, it's just a hair and you are in the, in the East coast. And like, tell me a little bit about the COVID over there. Did it, is it in Stratford or? We had very few cases. We had one senior's home that had, I think there was one or two deaths and, and they had about eight cases or nine cases very, but that was it. And I think they, I heard about some cases in, uh, would you believe the post office? Oh, Um, and so people were saying, be careful with your mail, but that was way early when we thought that it might've been transmitted through touching things, which they're they're saying not now. Right. Uh, but no, Stratford's been great. And, uh, I talked to a friend who's a paramedic who said we have no active cases now at all, but so we still are wearing masks in the stores and yeah. Yeah. Very few lineups, except for the liquor store. Yeah, of course. <laughs> There's always a lineup there. <laughs> and I noticed you did a heavy pour, not a light pour. Shauna Lee has got a full fucking pour there, which is some of your best work. <laughs> and it's only four o'clock in the afternoon, but you It's know, happy whatever. hour every day. It's exactly. And especially for us uh, uh, in, the, in our industry, which is uh, <laughs> horrific, horrifically not coming back at the moment as far as as far as the theater world some of the film and tv is slowly of course bc and vancouver we got a few things going on that sort of thing but theatrically especially for a performer legendary sean lee who works consistently (laughs) back to back gig to gig this really is a extended pandemic but also extended i don't want to say holiday because but still kind of like you can have wine really anytime because you're we're not on our way to the theater anytime soon unfortunately 
But the nice thing is, is is Shauna Lee and I with the ladies got to start out the year. Oh, I mean, I think about that and how grateful and blessed we- What a gift. What a gift. For those of you listening, most of my friends came to the show. We started the new year out with a fabulous musical Talking Sex on Sunday. And our closing week was just COVID-y. People were starting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Katrina was doing her shopping, warning us all, you know, and then we closed and we had our closing party on the Sunday and on that Thursday to come, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, everything fucking shut down, the travel, everything. And we, yeah. our, our friends of ours had shows that had to shut down in the middle of rehearsal and we were lucky we got a full circle moment to close out that show. Yeah. And then, thank God, we got that to start the year just as artists and the energy of working with fabulous women, singing and dancing and having a fabulous time to now go, shit, uh, it may be a while till we get to do that, which yeah. sucks. And Donna Donna was talking about wanting to bring it back and you go, oh, well, yeah. that's a, that's, it's a, not a big cast, but it's not yeah. a small cast. Yeah. You know, we yeah. couldn't do it social distanced. No, no. We can't. It's a, it's an interesting conundrum. I actually flew home on the Thursday after we oh, closed you, oh, the you, day. So the day oh. I flew home, the next day I was getting groceries oh. and I was getting a library book and the library said, <gasps> we're closing as of today. Oh my God. And I went, oh my gosh. Okay. So. Oh, thank God you yeah. got home. I mean, intra-Canada, yeah. but still that would have just been like really shitty if you, you know, had to stay. We yeah. were just, we were aware that yeah. it could have been yeah. a problem, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I don't um, really know what to expect, but at the same time we can wait and see like everybody else on, on live standby what, what is to come. But in the meantime, <laughs> what we are going to do is talk about how fabulous your <laughs> career and you have as a woman in the industry has been all these years. And just know that right now we're on summer live standby, which is what I call it. We're on hiatus, Shana Lee. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Hey, what do you do? What do you, oh, I'm on hiatus. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we're not unemployed without um, potential work to come. We're just on hiatus on live standby. So first of all, I want to just, just chat a little bit because you really are, as I say, as you'll hear in my intro, a, a woman in the industry, a, a tall, statuesque, stunning woman in the industry who has been working consistently as an artist, a performer, a musician, your entire career, your entire life, which for 90% of actors, musicians, artists, they always have a side job or multiple side jobs. But you really, I looked at your resume and guys, if you just look at her resume of her selected fucking theater credits, they are a whole eight and a half by 10 page. Like that's, it's crazy when I look at your resume going like every production, multiple companies. So I just want to learn a little bit about your, where you started. How did you get into the arts? And so tell us just a little bit about, you know, what led you to this industry and kind of some of your most memorable starting moments. Okay. Uh, interesting. Uh, so my father, huge influence, was very musical and loved music, okay. was not formally trained, but he was able to pick out tunes on the piano and he would play for, he would have dinner parties with friends 
and they would sit around the house and dad would play and they'd sing all the old tunes. Right. Oh. So that's what I grew up with. Yes. And he had me take piano lessons very young. I think I started when I was six and I hated it, hated every oh. minute of it, hated it. But when I was 11, he got me into dancing okay. and dancing saved my life. Oh, really? Because I was, I was awkward. I was chubby. I was big, just a big girl. Yeah. I was, I was not attractive. I didn't feel right in my body. I was ultra right. shy. Mm-hmm. And I got into dancing and I went, this is what I want to do. I was really good at tap, really good at ballroom, uh, not particularly flexible, but for the musical dancing. Yeah. Really, really well. And I went to a studio that was not about, you know, festivals. It was about performance. Okay. And so we, when we were in tap classes, we had heels on. Yeah. We did not tap in flats because we knew that when you get onto the stage, yeah. they're going to put you in heels. So you have to learn how to tap in heels, right? Amazing. So uh, my parents spent a fortune on costumes. Every time the recitals came around, yeah. I was out in sequin tube tops and all this oh kind my of God. stuff. My dream. So, but it saved my life. It yeah. saved my life because suddenly I felt good about who I was and <gasps> I learned to love my body and my height and um, sexuality. It was a really, really good time for me. Yeah. But I was very musical because of my dad's influence, who was mm-hmm. a tenor. My dad was an amazing singer. Oh and God. he sent me to singing lessons. Mm. So I was still taking piano, singing lessons at age 14. Oh, that young. Yeah. Yep. And okay. I realized that when we did our recitals, we wouldn't lip sync. Okay. Right? Yep. To the songs. Yeah. They were not really singing. Right. And so when I suddenly went, wait a second, I'm a great singer and I'm a great dancer. I can do both. And <gasps> that was it. So at very, very young age 16, I thought, no, nope, this is what I want to do. I want to be oh, in musical theater. I want to sing. I want to dance. But it was all about fun mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, flirting and um, yeah. uh, connections with people and laughter yeah. and yeah. great social life. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah. So. Th- that, the, the, I feel like that is the draw. If, if people who love musical theater, that's like the joy of it. And it's such a joyous job. Like when yeah. you're working, you're having the best fucking time <laughs> because yeah. singing and dancing it's fun to do, but it also your body and your brain, I don't know if it's endorphins or whatever. Yes. It, it really is joyous and so, so just lifting, uplifting to do. So of course, when you're, you take a break from it, you, you're like, oh, well, let's go karaoke then because singing <laughs> sort of brings back that sensation. So you at a very young age then knew what your career was, like what you wanted to pursue in your career. There was never, ever any sort of like your parents saying, no, you should be a teacher or go become an accountant. Or Were they always supportive of you to pursue uh, arts? Uh, my mom was. There's your, your puppy. Yeah, Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte, my, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> mom never said anything one way or the other. Uh, yeah. I think she loved what I did, but she would have loved anything that I did. Yeah. Uh, my father was ner- very, very nervous about being able to make money at it because right. he had never pursued it professionally. Right. And so he used to always say, why don't you go into the, into arts administration? Right. Why right. Don't you become, uh, you know, not director, not a creative, but yeah. Administration is what he thought I should do. Right. 
But he also, on, on the other hand, he also thought that if, if I was a good enough singer, I should become an opera singer. And oh. he really pushed me into opera, which I don't like particularly. Right. Uh, and I did my degree in music at the University of Toronto. My dad was a prof at the university, but not oh. in music. He was in education. So I got essentially free tuition. Yeah, tuition amazing. Like nothing. Amazing. And uh, so I actually studied art song. Yeah. I didn't have a big enough voice for opera, but that was right. fine with me. I did study a little bit of opera, but I mostly, the thing that was really, I was so lucky was at some point after it was a four-year degree and after two years, mm -hmm. you had to pick your major. Right. And I picked theory. <gasps> okay. So I, because music I was always theory? very good at, yeah, music theory. So oh. I was always really good at math and theory is essentially the math of music. <gasps> so I took I took music theory. So I have a four-year degree in music theory, which is just totally different than any singer I've ever met. I've never met a singer oh, who had that. And so I know the theory of music, right? So we did analysis and writing and uh, counterpoint and uh, uh, keyboard harmony, which really has helped me playing yeah, piano. Yeah, yeah. And all of that. So it was one of the most useful things. And I use it all the time. I use my, oh my music theory. Oh, my God. I know the term, of course. Yeah. I, I took piano lessons as a kid, yada, yada. But, you know, for anybody listening, you know, I've never heard of a performer or someone majoring in music theory before. And when you use it to say, it's like the math of music. I've never heard that before. And yeah. what's a tell funny story about Shanley when we were working in talking sex on Sunday, as, uh, as some of them, some of the gals can attest, it took me a little while to pick up the harmonies. And, you know, when you're singing a song I, I, it, to learn the harmony takes me a little longer. And then fucking the musical director, Nico, he'd just be like, Irene, just listen to Shauna. Shauna, <laughs> what's the note? And out of air, out of the air, my people, you can pull out a note with with not even hearing a note on the piano. So you just have this sort of, is that the theory part of that? Well, yeah. So that would be, uh, you know, if he said you, you need to sing the sixth of the scale, I know where do is and I know where law is, you know? Wow. So yes, that's the math of music. Oh my God. And so what made you think to pick that? At, like, was it just because you liked math and you no. got, you took a class and it just drew you in or? No, it was default. Actually, I couldn't oh go into performance because you had to pick your major, right? So yeah, after two yeah. years of general music, pick yeah. your major. Couldn't do performance because my voice was too small for opera. Oh. Right? And at the time, there was no jazz program there. It was right. just opera right. and art song. And I wasn't a good enough piano player to do piano performance. Right. Then there was education, which means it became default. Like, oh okay, God. well, theory is... Yeah, and I was one of six people in wow. the graduating class, and wow. I was the only girl. Wow. And I was the only singer. Oh my God. It's, it's so you were like a, tra a trailblazer, a trailblazer in the theory uh, department out in your university. I don't think anyone's uh, following my trail though. Well, <laughs> you know, if, if somebody's listening today and they actually have a gift for, for math and are in, you know, Cap College or one of those programs, that's one it's of the- so It's so useful. It's very useful. useful. Oh, yeah. And for you, you've been able to have that talent as part of your income and career. Tell me just a little bit how that theory degree does balance and subsidize your performance side. It's interesting. Music theory, how it has helped is, well, number one, sight reading and yeah. sight singing. Yeah. Like, for example, I Audition. was in, I was, oh yeah, I learned stuff yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Um, I can sight sing, although I don't do 
uh, an awful lot of it. Right. There isn't really much right. that much call for it. But the thing that helps me most is um, a number of years ago, my husband heard me play piano. He said, you're good enough to play in lounges. You should <gasps> learn to accompany yourself, right? Oh. So I used my music theory to create piano arrangements of songs. Oh my God. Like, so a, like a song and then you would ch- shift it around to be to your voice or a different yeah. melody? No, same melody, but uh, trying to figure out, okay, so if I want it to sound like a jazz, like I don't improvise on piano, so I would create a jazz sounding uh, uh, arrangement so that I can fake being a jazz player. And then for pop music, listening, transcribing the stuff, a lot of transcription, a lot of transcription of songs and um, yeah. So as a, a, a young woman coming out of the university and having that skill, so now let's say, you know, you get a, you get a call to do an audition, someone with that skill set and your ability now won't have necessarily so much pressure because you know you're going to be able to learn the song, you know you're going to yeah. sound great at it, and technically you know if you needed to tweak something you could, which gives you like the confidence to go into the room and fucking murder it. And then also you're probably a joy to work with in that career musical theater with the musicians and the musical director, because you pick up things and you, you, you're so pitch perfect. Would you say? Uh, I, I guess that yes. <laughs> to, to blow my own horn. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Toot it's, away. Toot away. I guess. Yes. So yeah. I think, I think that that it helps a lot and I, yeah. it actually surprises me people who are in the business who aren't interested at all in learning how to read music or right. how to understand what they're singing. Yeah. So it's the things like, I think, you know, when they say we want your best 16 bars, well, I can create the piano chart for that. Yeah. Right? I don't oh. have to go to a music director to do that for me. I can do it. I can oh play it on God. the piano and go, okay, that'll, that'll work. You know, wow. So. so you can, you can compose your own for those people that are listening. When you, you do an audition, you don't sing the whole song. Often you, at the audition, you sing as Sean Lee just said, 16 bars, which is a small portion of the song. And then if you get the call back, often you, you sing the song. So you could technically create your own 16 bars of the song, the best portion of it, or yeah. the right notes that you want to showcase. Wow. Yeah. So you yeah, would yeah. for sure stand out in the room as well, just for having that extra skill, right? Probably. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. I, th- I think I'm very lucky, very, very lucky for that early training. Yeah. And for the degree that I, I, I will tell your listeners, I did not enjoy university. Yep. <laughs> right, right. Fair enough. <laughs> I did not enjoy it, but I finished and yeah. I got the piece of paper. And when, yeah. when people talk to me about a program in a college for musical theater, what would you suggest? And the first thing I say is get the piece of paper. Yeah. And if you can transfer to a university and finish your degree, do it. Yeah, smart. Because you, you don't know. You have yeah. no idea if if this is going to work out or not. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's Musical tough. theater, and it's going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. It really, I don't think yeah. it's going to get better. It's going to no. be a few years before no. we can have big casts again. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and that's a really good um, piece of advice for any of the young gals out there. Maybe they started their d- schooling and then got a gig and then didn't go back. And yeah. now's the time to do it. Yep. Because yep. then, you, like you said, you, you have that, that piece of paper and that forever. You, nobody can take that away from you. So when you finished the program, was this all in the East Coast, Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. University of Toronto. And did you just 
do an open call? Like, can you remember, like, I, I want to hear about your first paid gig as an actress. Cause of course we all remember those, but what was it literally like, was that your first experience? You got a paid gig or did you have to sort of go out and hustle a little bit and, or did you just yeah. go right into it? I was, I was very lucky because so I had my dance and I've had my singing Yeah. at, at a, around 16, 17, I started creating audition stuff for myself. And my first paid gig was out of high school, the <gasps> summer between high school and university. I did Canada's Wonderland. What? I was singing and dancing in a show called singing to the world. Oh my God. Was, yeah. So, um, and it was a great gig four months. I can't remember. We were paid 600 a week or something like that, which was pretty good money back then. Yeah. And I saved it all because I lived at home at my mom's house. Yeah. And uh, so I was able to live downtown when I was in university. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, it was the best gig. So singing to the world. But the thing that, this is the other thing is you got to get yourself out there because that gig led to a woman in the audience saw me and picked me and one other woman <gasps> and got our phone numbers. And I thought, okay, you can have my phone number. And she used to do what they call industrial shows Yes, at the CNE in Toronto, Yeah, uh, the home show and the garden show, right? So she would actually put together a show and they had people, I can't believe this, I, I say this, <laughs> modeling. We did oh modeling my, oh my and God. then we would sing a song. So she needed oh people who were God. singers, but then they had to be, you know, tall enough and all this. So yeah. here my height was good. So I did those shows with her, those industrial, I think I did five of them. During that time, I met a woman who worked at His Majesty's Feast, which okay. was a dinner theater in Toronto <gasps> where all of the women played wenches. Oh my and God. Even though we were just paid as waitresses, we got to run up, sing a song. And then run oh back and we would be in character yelling at our, our people. Oh my and God. I was Wench Ruby. <laughs> and we would run up and do a number and run. And wow. so there was solo work. There was group work. Yeah. There was all of this. And this is during my university. That's okay. how I paid for university. Wow. Every Saturday night I would work at this place. I'd make a hundred bucks in tips for sure. Oh my plus God. Plus my wage. And everybody, every single person was in the business. Oh. So networking talking yes like everything yes everything. those gigs are so i think they're so important because they teach you in the moment like yes you don't have a script or if you get called up to sing in that or you have to interact with the audience it teaches you that quick how to be on your feet think yes. in the moment it's a huge gift huge gift to have that experience yeah. you yeah. make a little bit of money too right yeah you make a little bit of yeah. money and you you the, the networking is probably more important yeah. than anything yeah yeah but uh using yeah. your skill set to and again when you say oh 100 bucks here 100 bucks when we're young like that that's that's how you stay afloat by not yeah. necessarily having to do those other side gigs at a young age yeah. you're, you're working already in the industry diversifying yourself yeah. right and meeting people and meeting Net people. networking so yeah. important yeah. Wow. So would you say that you, I am correct then when I say it to, to people that you really have led a consistently, you know, full artistic career, because I know, I just want to talk a little bit about your, besides the, some of the main parts I want to ask you some of your favorites, but 
I feel like you, your musician skills in the cruise ship industry played a little part. Tell me as a side gig there, was that, was that part of the plan when you started to do the cruise ships or was that just, again, taking opportunity and going, Hey, I can make money doing this in between gigs or choose when I want to go and do a contract. Yeah. You know, it, I know that when people look at my resume, they say that it looks like I never stop, but it isn't true. I do have months at a okay. time. Okay. Uh, never, probably, I would say almost never years, yep. but yep. you know, I, I think I can go eight months sometimes between okay. contracts and that's when I decided, and it was, a, it, Jim heard me play and said, mm-hmm. you can accompany yourself. Right. And, but, but this is the thing I didn't, I didn't know I could. Yep. I had to go back to piano lessons for a while. Oh, wow. uh, And he said, if you learn to accompany yourself and you can play a lot of material, you will never stop working is what he said. And it has actually made a big difference because I have this other, Mm. you know, uh, another, what what do they call it? Uh, Bow in the quiver. Another package to sell. That's your own package that you don't need to rely on anybody to do. You don't have to hire the musician or check the schedule of the pianist. It's you. Yeah. I I love it. I really, I actually really enjoy the cruise ship work. Yeah. Not now. I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever Mm. go on again because of, because of COVID it'll be years before, before they're able to ease up. Cause it's tough. You're, you're, I got on as um, piano lounge. Yep. And yep. once a cruise, I would get to do a cabaret, which was my uh, favorite thing to do in the whole world. So I had to have charts made yeah. for the bands. Yeah. So sometimes just piano and and, uh, and singing. So my husband plays piano and the last contract we got on together. We've done two together. And when we do it together, we do our cabaret together. And we, oh. call, it, we call it one piano, two Canadians. Oh my God, I love so he plays piano and I sing and then we do four part forehand piano and and so and then I leave and he does a piano solo or you know so we we mix it up there Uh, but we tell stories about what it's like to be Canadian because on a on a cruise ship being Canadian is actually um it's very exotic yes because most of the people are American right yes it has been a really really good sideline yeah to be able to go off on ships and play and sing but your crew, you right. are crew. Yeah. It's, hard uh, it's yeah. not guest. It's not no. guest status. Yeah, I, I tried that. to do guest status, but yeah. however, they have so many singers and especially yeah. female singers. Yeah, that's really hard. To yeah, get. yeah, yeah. Because they bring on the um, you know the young kids out of school. They yeah. dress them pretty. And yeah, they, yeah. They do production mm-hmm. numbers. Yeah. So yeah. they don't need any more female singers. Mm-hmm. But I go on do my piano lounge, and then I do my. Yeah. And it's all comedy. I go for comedy, oh, comedy, comedy. Amazing. I don't. I don't do serious stuff. I do one serious number so they can tell yeah. I can really sing. Yeah, it's all comedy. Oh. Guys, since I don't have any sponsors, I thought I would use this opportunity to bring awareness to a cause that's close to my heart: mental health. Do you battle depression or suffer from mental health? Are you looking for help or to help? then let me share with you two great websites full of resources and information for whatever your needs are for yourself or for someone you care about. CallTimeMentalHealth.com is created by BC's motion picture industry unions and healthlinkbc.ca forward slash mental health, part of our BC medical system. No matter who you are or how you're feeling, 
you're not alone, and there is help out there. CallTimeMentalHealth.com and HealthLinkBC.ca forward slash mental health. So are there like a couple of female characters like that were on your list to play even when you were young that you got to play? Was there, was there a role or two that you're like, I always wanted to play this part and I got to. That's a, it's a great question. Um, uh, Dolly in Hello Dolly. <gasps> oh, you played great Dolly. Role. Oh, so much fun. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I played it uh, in Shemanus. Okay. Uh, and my Horace Vandegilder was uh, Danny Costain. Okay. I don't know. And the man could dance and okay. he could sing. He had a beautiful voice. And at the very end, he would take me in his arms and we'd spin around. I went, oh man, this is nice uh-huh. to have a man who plays the older yeah. guy yeah. who can really dance. Yeah. So Danny, I loved it. I had a great time. So Dolly, that's a good old Barbra Streisand, um, the movie and good old Bet just fucking killed it on Broadway a few years ago, a yeah. year or two ago. Oh, that's a fabulous so role. A great role. So and one fun. and one that you could play could we play in our mature years? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There's no yeah. there's no age limit to Dolly. Yeah. Oh, no. awesome. Oh, I would love to have seen that. Yeah. Was that You'd a, be a good uh, Dolly too? Oh, thank you. <laughs> we could be the Dolly sisters. Was that um uh, one of those things where you had to submit to audition or was it now like they knew okay, they're like you're gonna hate me. Oh fuck, they just called you up and offered it yeah. to you. Oh yeah. <laughs> of course they did. But, <gasps> Amazing. Doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's like awesome. brilliant. It's That's brilliant. So yeah. great. Yeah, that got lucky. It was partly because um, I don't know if you, the artistic director at the time was Jeremy Tao, very good okay. friend of mine, yeah. lovely man. Okay. He had seen him. me in Shimanas. He didn't direct yeah. me in this, but he I did uh, the sound of music and I played Maria. Ah. This is a number of years ago. And mm-hmm. it even though I could sing the part, yeah, and I had so much fun with it, it's not quite my role. Right. Right. It's not quite my right. role because I'm more the dolly type. Yeah. Yeah. Than the, in the I have more, more manipulative, yeah. more uh, gutsy, yeah. more strong willed. Yeah. Right. Right. And even though I, I really enjoyed playing Maria and I love yeah. that music, but the thing that was great about Dolly was uh, Jeremy also hired my husband, Jim, to be our music director. Oh, so awesome. We spent this, the whole time together and that's yeah, amazing. It was, it was a great, great time. Um, the, the part that I understudied in the fall. So the Mervishes did a show called, um, Piaf Dietrich and oh. I understudied Marlena Dietrich <gasps> and the costumes, gorgeous, the wigs, the makeup. Oh my God. And then the songs and the story was so powerful. Oh, so powerful. So I was understudying Jane Lewis. Amazing. Who was a fabulous, fabulous actress. And, uh, in that, it was six months long. It mm-hmm. it sold like crazy. We actually extended a whole month beyond <gasps> when we were supposed to close. Oh. I went on once oh, in six months. God. All oh, that work, my. learning this huge role yes. was huge. I yeah. loved it. I just loved it. So a dream of mine would be to play that role yes. rather than understudy that role. Absolutely. So if there's any producers listening and they oh, feel like, you know. <laughs> show like that will, uh, when the time is coming, because, you know, she's so famous and I don't know anything about her story that, that I would see a musical about her. Absolutely. Fascinating story. It's a good story. <gasps> 
Wow. Would you say that your your musician skills, like pianist, and were there any roles that you're like, I got that, bitches, back off because I can play the fucking shit out of this piano <laughs> and I'm going to book that gig because of it? Um, uh, this is going to sound odd. I actually prefer playing on ships than playing on stage. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, I like to work. So yeah. if someone wants to hire me to yes. play, that's fine. <laughs> You're fully available after our it. summer hiatus. <laughs> yeah, after. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's not my favorite thing to do. I oh, really okay. like, I like being a role. I like yep. exploring a character. So, um, for example, last, was it a year ago? What was it two years ago? I mm-hmm. can't even remember. I was doing in uh, in Alberta. There's a little theater company called Rosebud. Yeah, it's beautiful. So they do they do really lovely work. And I love the artistic director, a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. Morris Ertman. So we did a show called Bright Star, which was written by Steve Martin and Edie Brickell. Oh, oh my God. Steve Martin, as in the comedian, oh my Steve God. Martin. And, okay. and it's a banjo-centered bluegrass show. Oh, cool. And Morris called me up and he said, I, I really, really want you to play the piano and I want you to play the accordion. We need a few accordion licks because I learned that for once right a number of years ago oh. and he said and and can you play the auto harp Bill really wants you Bill's our, the music director there Bill Ham yeah. and he said we really want you and we want you to play a role and I said what role and he said well either and he gave me three a couple of different choices and I went "Ooh, two of those are really really nice and then we let it go for a while and eventually I had to say okay Morris who am I playing? Yeah, right. And because they needed the piano in every single number, <gasps> I played the smallest role, right. which is not very in yeah, my what you mind. It wanted. wasn't as fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get away from the instrument. Like, I love it. Like, for example, I did Buddy Holly with the Arts Club. <gasps> yeah, that's a great role. Fabulous in that. Thank you. Thank you. That's yes. a good one. Vi Petty, because you play a little bit. Yep. Absolutely important. Yep. But you're not at the instrument all yeah, the time. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it's like you have these skills, you are able to play these instruments. They are absolutely a joy to play. But for you, your chosen is more of the performing. And that that's just an added yeah. thing on the, yeah, on the yeah. side. In another way, another tool in your toolbox that's helped you stay consistent, sustain yeah. income and, and, and work and generates work, but yeah. not your go-to. Yeah. I would way prefer preferred to sing yep. and act and dance. Yeah, yep. you know that would be my first call. Yeah. Absolutely, there's there. I mean, there are kind of getting those meaty parts of those character fucking broads that are so a-list you know so there is the work out there for you know those kinds of characters but at the same time they're far and few between and there's a handful of us that are all aging gracefully together so you know well it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with our industry to come and what types of shows like you say they're gonna pick due to social distancing and all that and you know it's an unknown uncharted area for the first time ever as as actors in the theater side of things. So, you know, we just have to kind of wait and see what, uh, what's casting. And in the meantime, keep ourselves busy. So I just wanted to ask you about another avenue of your diversified career. And that is a little bit of the writing that you were writing with Amnesty International. And, and when we were doing Talking Sex on Sunday, you were in the process of finishing a play that you had wrote. So tell me a little bit, are you, are, is writing a new passion? Is it something you've always done? And I mean, who works within Amnesty International? Let, let's touch a little bit about that. Uh, it's interesting. They're not really related, but oh, okay. I think 
but it's interesting how maybe they are. Maybe they are, and I haven't really thought of it that way. Amnesty came to me when I was in university. Every year we had to take a course outside of music. And, And one of my courses was women's studies. And that's where I was introduced to Amnesty International. And I joined what was called at that time, the Women's Action Network. So Amnesty International was, it was formed in 1961. And essentially it's, they've got 8 million members across the world. And what they do is they write letters to governments who are screwing around with people's human rights. What? That's what they do. And they've been doing it since 1961. So when I joined, I I did mostly for, for women who had been imprisoned for talking against the government, right? Uh, a woman who decides she doesn't want to wear the hijab, she okay. takes it off, they put her in prison. <gasps> Amnesty would say she is a nonviolent protester against her own human rights issues yeah. and and the government doesn't agree with her and so they would start they would send out a newsletter and this is all by mail back then right wow. we didn't have email yeah. so a newsletter and i would have a newsletter that would have four cases okay and during the during the month i would sit down at a coffee shop and i would write letters to the <gasps> heads of state on oh the steads of the police chiefs and they, you know, the people uh, in the justice, lawyers, judges that were judging these people and saying, you shouldn't be doing this. She's, she's uh, nonviolent. She's um, uh, protesting her own human rights. You have signed the Declaration of uh, Human Rights. Your country has. And, and then mail them all off to oh. international places. So that's the way we used to do it. And yeah. I've, I've been doing that for 20 years, 30 oh years. Oh, my God. I've and, never met anybody that's done something like that or worked. Oh, like it's that. really, really interesting work because, of course, you start over the years, you start seeing it's the same countries over and over again oh, that right. are doing human rights violations. And these days, of course, it comes by email. And so yeah. once a week, maybe once every two weeks, I'll get an emailed <gasps> Here's what's happening. So we can respond really quickly now. Oh, my work. God. And you don't write letters. You write emails and you send right. them off. These days, they, w- they won't even deliver letters to a lot of these countries because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're sending emails to people's uh, email boxes. You volunteer. This is all volunteer mm-hmm. your time? Yeah. Oh, my God. And just to support uh, women in need that don't have voices? Is that is that? Amnesty isn't just for women. Okay. I happen to be on that one okay. action network, but yeah. you can pick what kinds of uh, people you want to write for, because if you wrote to ev- for about everybody, you just would never stop. Yeah. Um, you pick your focus. But um, so it started with a lawyer back in 1961 who yeah. said, look what's happening in these countries. People who are saying, wait a second, that's my human right would be yeah. thrown in jail. Wow. So what do we do to, to help that? And so yeah. he started this network and it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And yeah, it's all volunteer. And you know, I do, I write a few emails a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it, a lot. No, but no, but, but it is too. It, it is a lot to the woman that you're writing for. Yes, her voice, right? Or and, and it's wonderful when they send out. Uh, they will also send out emails that tell us the success stories. So and so got out of jail. So and so got oh their um, got to see their lawyer. So and so was suddenly being fed and treated properly. Oh so and so got proper medical 
attention. So it works. Uh, it absolutely yeah. works. And these days, I mean, they get it instantly. Like yeah. if someone does something bad, that something in their yeah. email the next day saying, Hey, uh, the world is watching. Yeah. You know, it, is it something that is in the, in the press a, a lot? Like I know that of course, Amnesty International, we know the name you hear it all your life. And, but as far as like a famous face to the organization or fundraising, it's just some, not something you hear about often. You know, we hear about breast cancer awareness, fundraising, children's hospital, like again, amazing, important causes. Or is it just me that doesn't know a lot about Amnesty International? They don't have a, like a face, like one mm. person who sort of represents yeah. Amnesty. They're, it's more uh, it's more a collective. Yeah. But the one thing that you will see is sometimes a human rights case will happen and the news picks it up. And if yeah. you read down at the bottom of the article, it'll say something like Amnesty International has called upon that government to ah. let this prisoner go or calls this person a prisoner yeah. of conscience or, you know. Yeah. And so if you read articles about human rights abuses, often Amnesty will have an opinion. Yeah. Okay. And, and that, and you know that if they say that there's probably an yeah. action happening. Of course. Yeah. It's neat stuff. That must be stuff. a fulfilling thing to do, to know like your time that you're putting in to write that email or in the, the time, write the letter that must, whether or not there's a result that you hear about, but you know, you are doing something to help someone. Yes. Uh, over the years, I've gotten to the place where I cannot read the details. Ah. A lot of these countries will torture someone. Right. And if they get out or if they're, you know, if they're calling on the government to stop torturing people, they actually describe what happened. And yeah, I can't read it. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm yeah. a very sensitive soul yeah. and I can't, cause it gives me nightmares. Yeah. No, so, I understand. Yes. I yeah. want to do something. Yeah. And I can't know all the details. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, you're still putting in your time to make a positive impact in the way that you can, and you're taking on, you know what your limitations are to keep a healthy mind and spirit, right? Cause yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I can't even watch certain TV shows or movies and stuff because sometimes it's, too, 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 too traumatizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. Well, that's interesting. I next yeah. time we work together, which I can't wait for when we're in Hello Dolly or oh. <laughs> or talking sex on Sunday, twenty twenty one. But um, I, I, I definitely want to hear more about some of that experience because I just think like there are ways that you can stay involved and volunteer and make a difference, and it's just a matter of actually doing it. And and hats off to you for for mm. being that person. So yes, I would say perhaps it doesn't technically go hand in hand with your writing of the play <laughs> writing plays <laughs> no because i know what your play is about i'm gonna say okay they're not uh, necessarily on the same page but i i just thought i wanted to ask you about both because i had never heard of anybody working for amnesty international so just tell us a little bit about then your play is it playwriting would that be fair to say is that something you're doing you've done you're just exploring yeah, I think I would I would say just exploring. I have written the glue okay. in many, many review shows. Right. Many. So right. up in Dawson City where I met my husband, uh, yeah. uh, side shows, um, on the cruise ships yeah. when I do cabarets. Yeah. Writing that glue is really fun. And yeah. I've done that for years. And when a number of years ago, uh, Jim was performing at a casino in the middle of BC, a little casino and it's gone now. It's called the Jack of Clubs. 
Oh and uh, he was doing a 30s show, but the company was hired to do, I think, five days a week. And they wanted entertainment seven days a week. And I yes. said, since I was going to be there anyway, how about I write a show for you guys? Uh, and so I used their themes, which was 1930s. Yeah. So I picked 1938 and I thought, okay, solo show, me on stage, 1938. What am I going to do? And I had to do it to tracks. So I created a show, a woman who had a private radio station in her backyard, which people used to have in the (gasps) 30s. And I had Jim go into a studio and he recorded all the songs on track. Best tracks I've ever sent to. Oh my God. Because usually tracks are so, you know, stiff and and you go, oh, that's not the way I would sing it. He was following me. And then I just followed my, the way I always sing. It was great, (gasps) great tracks. So anyway, I wrote this show. And it's about 1938. It's the news of the local area. It's like a history lesson of the of the local area. So that was 45 minutes long. Yeah. And I did it at this casino. And the very first bus tour I got oh my paid God. for the whole thing. Because no. they, they were paying, I, they paid nothing. I think it was $5 to get into the oh show. Oh my God. Because they wanted people to gamble, right? At the, yeah. You know. But anyway, so I did this show for a while. So then the show was picked up by Smile Theater. I don't know if you know that. They go to seniors' homes. They're based in Toronto. Okay. To, to senior yeah. homes? Okay. Yeah. They go into seniors' homes and they bring theater. Well, I said, <gasps> here, I've got a show that's perfect for them. It's all Frank Sinatra and, you know, all that early stuff. And I sing all the commercials. It's fun, light history. So I talk about Gone with the Wind and I talk about, anyway, whatever, history from the 1930s, 1938. So I changed the location of the radio station from BC and moved it to Bracebridge, to Cottage Country, and changed the show from Good Morning Caribou Country to Good Morning Cottage Country. (gasps) Same show, but I changed the history. Yes. It's already ready. It's ready. It's written. I just need to, wherever it goes... It, I need to change the location of, yes, the, of the history. The like, so I talk about the different churches and there's church services and there's, you know, I look at the history and say, okay, there was a shoe factory there at this time. Yes. So I talk about oh, the shoe factory and there was, God. you know, yeah, it's so much fun. Another example of you using diversif- to diversify your career and having other avenues, you know, creating work for yourself And again, that fulfills you, you know, emotionally, mentally. And then it also as a businesswoman, it it makes you more to hire, right? Like it's, it's a, you really, I feel like have got a niche on that lifestyle on like how to make shit happen and have (laughs) things happening. So you're not always waiting. I mean, we both know in this, we're going to be waiting in this world now, but in between those eight months, you might be able to do your radio show at a senior center, you know, generate, generate performing and or income. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's, uh, I think uh, it's, I don't know where I got it from, but yeah, I I will always be trying to figure out how to, because it's hard. If you just sit and wait for someone to hire you. Yeah. Yeah, you could be waiting by the phone a yeah. long time. <laughs> yes, you could. Yes, you absolutely could. Well, it must come from the way you were raised, or just the, your personality, and you're a take charge woman and a, a lady boss. Again, why I, I wanted to talk with you, and why I'm so glad you're on the show today, just because you are inspiring to so many people, and 
everyone knows you and everyone adores you, especially in the community and industry. And that's because you're a hard work, working woman and you don't take shit for granted and, and you always have a positive attitude. And I think by generating your own and creating your own work, you feel fulfilled as well. And then honestly, I'm sure you're humbled um, when you're working with Amnesty International to remind you of we're very fortunate in our Canada, in oh, we're so our lucky. lives. And, uh, we're you so know, lucky to be here. Probably a combination of, of a few things that, that are all positive to the mind and spirit. So, Shauna Lee, I, I have what I do a little at the end as a little pepper question. I just ask a few questions. Okay. I could literally gab with you for another five hours. But of course, I'm, we are on a specific time. And I didn't even bring up the fact that we're both fabulous, tall, stunning, gorgeous women who chose not to have children and just <laughs> focus on ourselves. And I, we, I wanted to talk about that, but we, we covered so much that so we'll save that for the next time. But we love everybody else's children. And yes, I'm glad that we don't have any of our own. Um, <laughs> but, um, Shauna Lee, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions on these. You just answer if there's something that comes off the top of your head and um, let me know what you think. So, Shauna Lee, uh, what is one of your proudest moments? I think it was when I went on for Marlena. <gasps> yeah. It was hard. Big part. Big, big part. Yeah. Big part and, and a big sing. And every time I left the stage, I was changing my costume. She doesn't leave the stage like for the full two yeah. hour show, except for intermission. It's yeah, it, it was, um, it was I got a, goosebumps it when was you said that because hard you, work and I yeah. really loved it. Yeah. That is special because mm -hmm. you, you got to do it just that one time after all. Mm -hmm. And that is a, a, a proud moment that you can call your own. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. Shanley, where do you get your courage from? I think uh, probably, that's an interesting question. Uh, I love when location goes deep. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think past successes. <gasps> yes. Right? That I you love have that. To have, you have to have past successes in order to move forward. I that yes, it worked that. out, right? Yes. Yes, you're talented. Yes, I'm hireable. Yes, I've been validated. All that builds the courage in the in, in yeah. forward. I love that. Past successes. And it doesn't mean I don't get scared. No, no. But you have to have courage to continue in life. It can mean it's so many things to different people. But I love that. Past successes. Thank you for that. Shauna Lee, um, what do you do day to day to keep a healthy mind and spirit other than have a glass of Chardonnay? Uh, yeah, right. uh, uh, well, I work out every day, especially these days <gasps> with COVID every day. And oh it's not God. a lot, but it's a yeah. little, I have an elliptical machine in my basement. Amazing. So I work out every day and I try to meditate every day. Oh, <gasps> you do. Good for you. Tara was just Central, talking Central. about that. She does 10 minutes. That's it. I was like, I didn't know you could meditate for less than hours. It was just yeah, like, no. exercise yeah, yeah. and meditation from the Shauna yeah. Lee Wood. And Shauna Lee, who is your celebrity crush? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have one. Oh my God. Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, George Clooney. No. Well, I, I used to be Harrison Ford. Oh, I love Harrison. Yeah. It still yeah. can be. Harrison in his in his prime. In his over in the his prime. prime. Harrison Ford. 
You could There's be his one. Princess Leia. It makes me feel old too. <laughs> We're old and fabulous. Are you kidding? Old and fabulous. I literally. Yeah, bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm close to the 50 now, but fuck, we're killing it. I mean, God, I look in the mirror and I look at your face and it does, their age is in the spirit and then not on, a, not a number. I mean, my mom's fucking 78 and killing it. So God bless. Shadali, I am so glad you could join me today. I had so much fun talking to you and learning more about your career and you as a woman. And it was so great to see your face and connect. So I want to say thank you for joining me on Ilo on Location today, live from her home in Stratford, Shadalee. <laughs> thank you. It was a blast, Irene. Yay! And that's my conversation with the legendary Shauna Lee. Thank you for listening and thank you to Shauna Lee for joining me today from her home in Stratford. If you would like to connect with Shauna Lee for her professional career, she can be reached through her agents at The Talent House in Toronto. I hope we made you smile and I hope you heard something positive from our chat today, whether it's being inspired to volunteer your time with organizations like Amnesty International to make a difference in someone else's life, to considering an education in music theory to enhance your own musical career, or finding a new passion in writing and creating work for yourself or others. Join me again next time on ILO on Location. Yay, that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And remember, if you enjoyed some rosé along with me, make sure you don't drink and drive. The only place I go from my couch is to the kitchen or the bathroom. You can find me at www.irenecares.com forward slash podcast. You can follow me on my Facebook public page and Twitter at Irene Karras or on my Instagram at Irene Karras Loper. Thanks to my amazing husband for giving me my married name, aka Ilo. The Ilo on Location podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me. God bless. Special thanks to my gorgeous nephew, Connor, a.k.a. Buddy, on iTunes for the original music. And thank you to my puppy, Charlotte, for being my most loyal listener and adding her two cents barking in the background. Join me again next time as I gab away with another one of my fabulous friends. Honey, ever got me ready?